Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and time-tested practices for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living, inspired by the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, a spiritual philosophy and practice for self and God realization. Yoga means oneness, union or unity. This union occurs when our attention and awareness consciously rest in our essential spiritual nature. Then we are restored to our original wholeness. So yoga is simply knowing our spiritual nature and then living in harmony with it. Today's topic is Dare to Dream Big, Leadership by Example. And we're beginning a new series on leadership. Having the willingness and the courage to fulfill our potential naturally sets us on the road to leadership and lifts up the potential of our unique contribution to make a difference in the world. Today, I'm delighted that we're joined by Dr. Sanjeev Chopra, professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School, and we're going to be exploring some core principles of effective leadership with him. Dr. Chopra is the author of the book Leadership by Example and co-author with his brother Deepak in the dual memoir Brotherhood, Dharma, Destiny, and the American Dream. You can find out more about Dr. Chopra's work and his books at Sanjeev Chopra, S-A-N-J-I-V, Chopra, C-H-O-P-R-A dot com. Welcome, Dr. Chopra. I'm so delighted you're joining us today on the Yoga Hour. Ellen, I'm totally delighted to be on the show. <laughs> Thank you. Before we begin our conversation, let's just take a moment uh, for a short meditation. Oh. 
we begin in this moment by simply becoming aware of divine omnipresence, one reality called by many names is the support and the substance of all that is. So right where we are right now, we can recognize and affirm that this divine reality, this divine essence is fully present as you, as me, as everyone, everything within us, around us, between us. So in this moment, simply direct your attention into the depths of your own being. Move it from the periphery of your awareness into the depths. And you can let your breath do that as you breathe in. Simply draw your attention within. And as you exhale, take a moment to relax. Breathing in, diving in. Breathing out, relaxing. And we focus on our breath. We can become aware of thoughts and feelings arising and passing away. Beyond all thought, beyond all phenomena, beyond words, beyond change, is that which we are, pure existence being. Peace emanates from that. Invite that peace now to fill your mind and your body. Remember to abide in that peace which you are, and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Paramahansa Yogananda said, Life has to be lived. Why not live it in the highest way? Dr. Chopra has been inspiring leaders in all walks of life for many years. And so I'd like to begin with some words uh, that I found on his website, which speak to me not only uh, of leadership, but of the way of yoga, which is bringing our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our souls together to fulfill our destiny. Here's what he has written, and then you'll be able to hear from him directly. But he wrote this very eloquent. I often reflect on the cultivation of self as a long and arduous journey, no matter where Where we may travel in life, we are equipped with three things, our mind, our body, and spirit. As we encounter myriad challenges, we must learn to nurture and respect each of these facets of our being. The mastery of this triune is essential for those seeking to carve out a path of their own choosing, a life where they are captain of their own unique destiny. 
My purpose is to fulfill my dharma to teach medicine, well-being, and leadership, the instruments needed to carve out a life that is truly whole. My soul is nourished by helping others find their path. I encourage everyone to take what you have been given, taught, and experienced and use it to build a life that is uniquely yours. Do not stand in the shadow of others or wait for knowledge to come to you. Seek it out. Lead. Make a difference. Many people... Uh, don't see themselves as leaders because they're not in charge of an organization or don't, don't see a group of followers behind them. Yet the spiritual teachings of yoga remind us that we're all blessed with divine potential and we're all interconnected. So our influence in life can be and often is greater than we imagine. Sanjeev, how do you define leadership? Let's start there. So I would define leadership as the ability to articulate a vision and walk the path such that it inspires others to rise above the banality and strife of their common day existence and achieve a higher and common goal. Mm. So you have to both articulate the vision and then walk the path. (laughs) Then you have to inspire people. Yeah. And and it seems that um you know that's that's really you know we have the little saying of where the rubber meets the road. It's one thing to be able to talk of high ideals, but really it is when a person is is living those Absolutely. ideals that leadership uh, comes to 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 flower. Uh, I was thinking, you know, how would I how would I define it? Um, and for me, I, I think it's very close to what you have said. And, and perhaps in my short version, I would say that leadership um, uh, comes from complete authenticity. True. And Beautiful. So yeah, I think when a person um, is congruent, deeply congruent, meaning ha- having the ability to to live from the depth of the soul that is reflected then in thought, in speech, and in action, then what happens is that divine potential of that person um, shines through and. Uh, and that is always inspiring, you know, whoever the person is in whatever um, sphere of life they are in, it, it is really the divine potential that inspires uh, others. And that's the one, I think that is what will last. Uh, you know, there's strength of ego sometimes, but that that passes. Right. There, there's, you know, you mentioned the word ego. Swami Chinmayananda was a very learned spiritual teacher, and one time after a discourse, somebody asked him a question. He said, Swamiji, would you define God? And his answer was, to define God would be to defile God. But if you insist on a definition, man minus ego is equal to God. If, you know, if we've conquered the ego, we are, we've uh, had a, a taste of divinity, right? The Mother yeah. Teresas of the world didn't do it to get the Nobel Peace Prize. They saw mm-hmm. the face of Christ in every leper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a beautiful definition of uh, the word ego. 
It's very beautiful. And, you know, in your book, of course, you you tell so many inspiring stories of people who really, you know, they didn't set out to be leaders. You know, I think that would be the ego motivation, right? right you know, I want right. others to follow me. But, yeah. they, but they saw a need yeah. um, that would make a difference, and they stretched themselves yeah. to um, be a vehicle for that need to be fulfilled. Yeah, and, um, so true. And, and you know you you have been doing a, a serious study of, of leadership and um, and of course you you have come across uh, so many students I am sure in your time of, of teaching and uh, being faculty dean for continuing education at Harvard um, what what were some of the highlights of your study about leadership and you know did you learn anything surprising as you were looking into this? You know, uh, the question that often gets asked, uh, I've had the privilege of giving my talk, Leadership by Example, maybe a hundred times in the States and 20 times abroad. And every time the question, one of the questions asked is, well, can leaders really be made or are they born? And um, my answer to that is that absolutely, leaders can be made. And that often the spark of leadership arises when an individual encounters a, a starkly negative and jolting event, and from it emerges that desire to make a difference, say, you know, I'm not going to let this happen again. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to make a difference. And all you need is that initial step of courage, uh, that little ability to have a dream and to dare to dream. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is from Soren Kierkegaard, the great Danish philosopher and theologian, and he once said, to dare is to lose one's footing momentarily. <laughs> not, not to dare is to lose oneself. Oh, that is beautiful. So, that you know, really once beautiful. you make that, that decision, you know what, I'm going to do it. Uh, then, as you know very well know, Ellen, there's support of nature. You write down, you meditate, you reflect on it. The next thing, people are coming out of the woodwork to support exactly. you. Exactly. Yes. And yeah, that because nature itself, uh, or if you want to call it divine grace, those qualities, sure. divine grace, and the and the elements of nature come forth um, to prosper that which yeah, is absolutely. supportive of yeah. of um, bringing forth positive change and um i think it's true that you know many people are inspired by something that they encounter and like you say they say okay um this cannot happen again or this should happen and they bring forth their courage to just take a step you know it's not it's not usually the form of you know touching thousands of lives which often will occur but it's right. just taking that taking that first step but i think also you know people you know they may not encounter some great event but sometimes just out of their own life experience um yeah. you know something happened when they were a child um and uh, so so they they come with a sense of uh wanting to help make things a little better you know perhaps they start they want things yeah. a little better for their children and then it it reaches out um and in in your book you you have talked about um the ways in which we actually can um support 
our own ability to be leaders. You you came up with the um, mnemonic the, leadership. The, yeah, the mnemonic of looking at different qualities in the word itself, starting with our ability to listen. Um, let's let's start there for just a moment. What what does that have to do with leadership? So I think the great leaders listen. They listen to the needs of the followers. They listen to what's happening in the world. Uh, they listen to what's happening with uh, global warming. Uh, all of that. They they just have their ear attuned to the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, a c- certain level of awareness. <clears throat> And um, it's it's not easy to be a good listener. I'm I'm constantly striving to be a better listener. I tend to interrupt people as they're talking, uh, even most of the time to agree with them. <laughs> and Thich Nhat Hanh was uh, a keynote speaker for us last week at a course on meditation and psychotherapy. Uh, he's an amazing individual, a Vietnamese monk. And one of the things he told us, he said, when people are talking, listen. Let it soak into your spirit. He said, if you agree or disagree and interrupt them, you have achieved nothing. Mm. You know, what a simple and profound statement. Mm. But you've mm. not achieved anything. What, if you say, I agree with you, Ellen, in the middle of what you're saying, you, what am I What am I?" Achieving. I'm mm-hmm. saying to you, I already know this stuff. I'm mm-hmm. agreeing with you. What have I achieved? So just listen. There's a wonderful anonymous saying, listen a hundred times, ponder a thousand times, speak once. <laughs> so, you know, listen with heart and soul. Abraham Lincoln once said, it is better to be silent and be thought a fool than to speak up and dispel all doubt. Mm-hmm. So we tend, we, I think listening is such an art. We, in, in medicine in particular, we're taught to mm-hmm. formulate a differential diagnosis. We're taking a history from the patient, and as the patient is telling us, we're interrupting them and asking more and more questions. We're trying to quickly come to a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. We've lost the art of listening. Mm-hmm. I tell my students and younger doctors and colleagues, I said, when you go to, on rounds, and visit your patients admitted to the ward. Don't stand at the foot end of the bed. Pull up a chair and sit down. Mm-hmm. There are studies that show that if you stand at the foot end of the bed for 20 minutes, the patient thinks you didn't give them any time. You were ready to click on your heels and walk away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if you sit down for five minutes, they think you gave them all the time. And, and the one question that I always uh, have asked my patients over the years is, uh, you know, do you have any questions of me? And they usually say no. And I say, there's a good chance as I walk out, the question will come to you. Or as your wife or your husband come later this evening, they'll say, did you ask Dr. Chopra that question? Mm-hmm. And you hadn't. So here's mm-hmm. a piece of paper. Here's a pen. Write it down. I'll be back mm-hmm. later this evening or tomorrow. And then we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's that's so beautiful. And you know, when I'm thinking about how important, of course, listening is, and in our spiritual practice, meditation is so critical <laughs> for teaching us how to listen. You know, even even how to listen uh, to ourselves deeply. You know, so that we can be in touch um, with 
um, you know, what is going on inside of us and with our deep inspiration, learning how to get quiet enough so that we can actually hear what someone else has to say. You know, when you mentioned uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, I had an opportunity to sit with him many years ago, and I was struck by how profoundly quiet he is. You know, he's someone who has, of course, done very, very deep work and uh, knows exactly deep listening and the atmosphere uh, that is required for that. We're getting ready to take a break now. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Dr. Sanjeev Chopra, author of the book Leadership by Example. His website is sanjeevchopra.com. When we come back, we're going to continue with this theme of leadership and look at dreaming big. We'll be right back with you. Our goal at Unity Online Radio is to continue expanding our spiritual programming and growing our listening audience. To help us become an ever stronger voice in today's world, we ask for your support. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity Online Radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists and students from Unity Institute and Seminary, topics like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care, religion and politics, current events. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Dr. Tom and his students will talk about the hard questions facing all people today, sometimes joined by rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better. He's going to introduce a controversial topic and let students and special guests go for it. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he will keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. 
Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Dr. Sanjeev Chopra. In uh, Dr. Chopra's book, he he has put together uh, a wonderful mnemonic for leadership skills, L for listening, E for empathy, A for attitude, and with uh, D we have dreaming, E for effective, R for resilient, S for sense of purpose, and H for humility. So um, one of the key qualities, of course, for us as leaders is our ability to tap into a greater vision um, for life. Uh, and we all have, you know, dreams or visions for our own life and the future of our world from time to time. Um, but then there are those who will catch a vision and act on it. So what characterizes this sort of dreaming or visioning um, that is done by leaders? I, I think it's very important for all of us to have goals in life and to write down an action plan. And early in our uh, career, you know, it's our professional goals, our family goals, our physical goals, our financial goals, our spiritual goals. Uh, but many of us, as we travel through that uh, remarkable journey, uh, accomplish our goals, and there's a certain level of satisfaction that you've done well, that you're supporting your family, you have great friends, you're happy. But it begs the question, what is your purpose in life? And uh, that's a very different question. Um, define your purpose in life. And many times it it happens, again, with a negative event. You know, the Buddha once said, every life has a measure of sorrow. Sometimes it is that that awakens us. There's a wonderful new book. It's called Finding Your Element, which is Finding Your Purpose by Sir Ken Robinson. And there's a wonderful story in there about a system called El Sistema, the system in Venezuela. And 30 years ago, an economist and a musician took nine kids off the street and gave mm-hmm. them a classical instrument and taught mm-hmm. them classical music. There are now 400,000 kids Mm. in Venezuela who are performing in orchestras, some of them traveling all over the world to Vienna, and and the critics saying this is the performance of the year. Gustav Dudamel, who is the conductor of the L.A. Philharmonic, is one of those kids. Mm. I mean, it's absolutely uncanny. And it also settles the the question, what is more important, nature or nurture? I think mm-hmm. it's nurture. They're training two- and three-year-old kids are being taught classical music. This is so wonderful. And so, you know, when we think about um, dreaming and having a vision, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting on, you know, in the world of yoga, of course, there's the idea of dharma um, that, that has to do with, with living a life of purpose, a life that is in harmony with, uh, awakened, uh, living, that we're here to awaken to the truth of what we are and to live out that potential. But then everyone, we are told, also has a svadharma. Something that they are particularly suited for, and right. um, and I think you know, just if we can begin to think in terms of um, that 
uh, innate potential that is that is also individualized. That that's a key to this idea of dreaming and visioning, because sometimes people think about greatness the way that is expressed in other people, um, but. There's going to be this individual element and that we all have this divine potential that's going to be expressed through um, who and what we are. And so just, you know, to to know that I think in itself is is a powerful beginning. Um, The idea that you are here according to divine purpose, there's no mistake in who you are, what your experiences are. Right there is the seed of what will and can blossom forth, right, with your cooperation, um, your will, your hard work, um, your dreams. Absolutely. So, you know, we all have a dharma, a duty, morals, ethics, all distilled in, in one, and we have it to our profession, we have it to our family, to our friends, uh, but we also have it to the world at large, to society at large. And there's a wonderful story which, to me, illustrates the meaning of dharma uh, best. And it's a true story where they've gone around India and inoculated everyone against smallpox. There's one villager, Lakshman Singh, who refuses to be inoculated. He says, God ordains who will be diseased, who will be healthy. You cannot inoculate me, my wife, and my three kids. Mm. So they're stymied. They meet with the World Health Organization and the police, and they finally decide there's only one way to do it. We're going to forcibly inoculate him. We'll invade his hut in the morning, and if he resists, we'll pin him to the ground, and we'll inoculate him. So the next morning they go, 5.30 in the morning, he resists. They pin him to the ground, rip his shirt, jab him with needles. His wife is screaming, kids are screaming. Everyone is inoculated. And now this whole village is awake, and he turns to the team, and he says, please sit down. He turns to his wife, he says, make tea for them. And he goes to the back of his little hut, and there's a vegetable plot, and he picks the juiciest cucumbers and radishes, washes them, and serves it. And they go, wait a minute, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, you're treating us like royalty. He said, I believe God ordains who will be diseased and who will be healthy. I upheld my dharma. You obviously believed that it was your dharma to forcibly inoculate me and my family. Now it is over, and you are guests in my home, and this Mm. is the least I can offer you. Mm. So dharma also can change Mm -hmm. in an instant. And I think uh, by being spiritual, by uh, by meditating, by defining your purpose, by leading, you will automatically, we will automatically fulfill our dharma. I I agree, and one of the qualities that you mention in in your book, of course, and in, in that in, that's there in this beautiful story, is that leaders are resilient. Um, you know, they they know how to move through situations. Um, you know, what would I say? How would I say it? You know, sort of standing on grace. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and you're, uh, you're, you're standing on, um, what you, 
the core of your faith, the core of your sense of, of self, which allows you to move through situations and here's the key, and be responsive rather than reactive. And so in this beautiful story you just told us, here was a man with the ability to respond and to do it with 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 love really and yeah. with grace based on the core of his being now he could have of course been reactive and then you know attacked these people who had in a sense attacked him um, true, true. but he had that beautiful resilience and and flow and um this quality of course allows leaders to cope with um failure as as well as success and certainly um failure is something that is going to be encountered if you're going to lead <laughs> so let's talk about that for just a few minutes um what about failure on the way um, yeah you know so uh, Winston Churchill. So Winston Churchill once defined um, success as the ability to go from failure to failure without lack of enthusiasm. There's an amazing <laughs> individual who lives in California, Captain Charlie Plum, and he's been a keynote speaker for two of my conferences. And then he's come and heard my keynote on leadership in Anaheim a few years ago. He was a prisoner of war in Vietnam for eight years, and he was tortured. And uh, he has a wonderful saying in his talk. Uh, The talk is entitled, Who Packed Your Parachute? And one of the things leaders do is they pack other people's parachutes, and they thank people who pack their parachutes. But in his talk, he has a wonderful saying. He says, adversity is a terrible thing, to waste with that pregnant pause. Uh And I've just started reading a book by Norman Rosenthal. His book um, on transcendence was a New York Times bestseller. His new book is called The Gift of Adversity. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? The Gift of Adversity. So those are the people who are resilient will see the adversity, but they will not let it suffocate them, not strangle them. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, there's a lesson here. There's a, I, can, I can get stronger from this adversity. You know, Edison was asked, how, long, how did you feel when you failed 9,999 times before you came up with the incandescent bulb? And he said, I didn't fail 9,999 times. I figured out. 9,999 ways in which it doesn't work. (laughs) And when he was 57, his factory burned down and his friends uh, commiserated with him. And he said, "Why, why are you sympathizing with me? All my mistakes have been burnt down and now I can start anew. So that's exactly. that's being resilient, right? Great leaders have resilience. Well, and I think we we have the blessing of seeing that in their lives. And you know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about excuse me, Paramahansa Yogananda saying, "The season of failure is the best time for sowing the seeds of success." Oh, how beautiful! Yeah. 
um, you know, and we can see it in in his life, um, you know, and what he taught was what he demonstrated is that, you know, that's the time when we can use our discernment, um, when we can listen deeply, when we can say, you know, what happened here and uh, what is needed. And there is that that quality of strength that can come in in this time of of failure, and of course, you you tell you know many stories in your books of great uh, leaders who have uh, the resilience and the sense of purpose that takes them through a, a time of failure um, to make uh, an incredible contribution um, to the world. Nelson Mandela, of course, as one, and and I was um, sharing with the community on Sunday how. I was really privileged to have a wonderful conversation with Ila Gandhi, uh, the granddaughter of Mahatma Gandhi, and she she was telling me how uh, difficult it was, of course, during the time of apartheid, trying to make that change in their country. And she said the people who wanted to keep that terrible system in place had all kinds of resources. You know, they had wealth um, and they had power. And she said, but we we were undaunted because we had spiritual resources. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And so, so, you know, I, this this made me think about uh, another theme that I've reflected on a lot in recent years, and uh, I'm actually giving a new talk uh, next week in Orlando, and I'm in, in, in titling it Health, Happiness, and Finding Your Purpose. But there's some very interesting way to look at happiness. And I've come to the conclusion that the happiest people on this planet have three things in common. The first is they all have lots of good friends. You know, your friends are your chosen family. The second attribute of the happiest people is the ability to forgive. Nelson Mandela, you mentioned him, that's what prompted me to think this way. When he was released after 27 years in prison, was asked the question, do you have a resentment or bitterness against your captors? He said, I have no resentment. I have no bitterness. Resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. <laughs> and the third attribute is Albert Schweitzer was a physician, humanitarian, theologian. 1952, he got the Nobel Peace Prize. Very humble man. And when he got it, he said, now I have to go earn it. Mm. But he once said... I don't know what your destiny will be, but one thing I'm certain of, the ones amongst you who will be truly happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. Mm. So I've distilled it into three Fs, friends, forgiveness, for others. Mm. If, you, if anyone does these three things, you cannot but help be happy. And then you can lead, you can define your purpose, then you can do so many amazing things. Albert Schweitzer also once said, he said, success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's, you know, it's close to the the core um 
teaching in, in yoga that we find on Santosh, on, on contentment. You know, we right. always think that we will be content. You know, when we have this, when we accomplish that, you know, I, I will be, I'll get, I'll be happy, you know, when I do this, when I have that, and then, and then I'll be content. But the teaching says, no, first find that contentment, you know, right. find it within yourself. Right. And then, uh, happiness will be inescapable. And um, I think that's a very important quality of leadership because leaders are not looking um, for someone else or something else to make them happy. You know, I think there is a sense of um, it, it, it is being attuned to what your deep purpose is um, and having that inner contentment of, of of knowing that within yourself. So leaders are, uh, I would describe it as full. <laughs> They're not looking for something outside to complete them, even if it is the accomplishment of the goal. It's the process itself um, that is valuable. Yeah, Ellen, you've articulated that so beautifully. I mean, one of my favorite terms uh, around leadership that's now emerging in the last several years is this whole concept of servant leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, that you're there to serve, the leader's there to serve. There's, um, I was asked once after giving a talk, you, he said, you've talked about good leaders and you've given all these examples, but you've also talked about ordinary people who did extraordinary things. Uh, but how would you define a great leader? And my answer was a great leader, like a great teacher, makes himself or herself progressively redundant. <laughs> right? <laughs> the followers take over. They do much better than you. Nothing has... I've been at Harvard Medical School for 30 years. Nothing has given me more pride than seeing one of my students used to be a resident, a fellow, and now they are full tenured professors. They are deans. Uh, some at Harvard Medical School, some at elsewhere, and they're flourishing. And, mm. and you know, you say, well, I probably did something good. I had some some contribution to this person's uh, mm-hmm. success and, and life. And that, that is such a thrill. Mm. And when they do better than me, I'm even happier. You know, yes. absolutely I'm, happier. Absolutely. Uh, right? It seems that leadership... Um has this quality of legacy in it, yeah. you know, not as a thing, <laughs> not legacy as a thing, but right. legacy as transformed lives. And uh, that is um, really at the heart of it. We're going to um, have just another short break. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you're listening to The Yoga Hour with special guest today, Dr. Sanjeev Chopra, author of Leadership by Example. His website is Sanjeev Chopra, S-A-N-J-I-V, Chopra, C-H-O-P-R-A dot com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. And coming up in our last segment, we're going to talk more about leadership by example. We'll be right back with you. If you've tuned in for Touching the Stillness with host Reverend Paulette Pipe, then you know the power of her soul-stirring meditations. And if her programs leave you wanting more, you can purchase her meditation CD, 
touching the stillness. And you'll be able to take Paulette's calming voice along with you wherever you go. This enthralling CD contains three separate self-contained meditations that can either be listened to in one sitting or one at a time. Whatever your preference, Paulette's mesmerizing voice will transport you beyond thoughts and sounds to a sacred place of stillness and soul remembrance. So go ahead, enliven your meditation practice with the Touching the Stillness CD from Reverend Paulette Pipe and let the stillness touch you. To obtain your copy, go to www.unity.org and click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop. Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house. The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you're seeking? Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien and my guest today is Dr. Sanjeev Chopra. And we've been talking about uh, leadership and the uh, qualities of a leader, how, how leadership emerges um, in our lives. And um, one of the uh, leadership tenets that you write about, about Sanjeev is uh, integrity. And I was thinking about um, the Upanishad that says, you know, that you are what your deep driving desire is. As your desire is, so is your will. As your will, so is your deed. As your deed is, so is your destiny. And um, for me, that that describes um, this con- this quality of integrity, that, you know, what we are at the core of our being, um, that can be expressed um, so profoundly when everything is lined up, you know, the heart, the mind, the soul, um, the thought, the word, the deed. And um, there is the power of leadership. So tell us a little bit more about how you see uh, integrity and leadership. So I- integrity is so critical and paramount in leadership and in life. You know, one could do something uh, tremendous as an individual, as a family, as as a company, as an institution for decades and decades and decades, and then you suddenly compromise your integrity, your core values, your principles, and and you lose it all. You lose it all. 
Shakespeare said, who steals my purse, steals trash. But he who filches from me my good name makes me poor indeed. And Heraclitus, the great Greek poet and philosopher, was known for his very pithy comments. You know, he once said, no man steps into the same river twice. It isn't the same man. It isn't the same river. Mm -hmm. But one of his longest quotes is as follows, follows, and uh, it's one of the few things that I've framed um, in calligraphy, and I read it every single morning as I sit down on my chair and come to work. And it says, the soul is dyed the color of its thoughts. Think only those things that are in line with your principles and can bear the full light of day. The content of your character is your choice. Day by day, what you choose, what you think, and what you do is who you become. Your integrity is your destiny. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that Upanishad, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And the Upanishad <laughs> quote I have in the book, in the leadership uh-huh. book. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was thinking as you, as you mentioned, um, you know, you can uh, spend your, your life, um, expressing uh, the truth and building this, this life. And in a moment, it can be lost if you compromise your principle. And, uh, I was thinking about how challenging it is for people who are leading in the public eye today in the information age, right? <laughs> so right. we find, you know, that, that people can, um, like a false, uh, step, a false word that then is magnified around the globe on, on tweets and, uh, videos. Sure. And, um, you know, it's an interesting phenomena, and um, and yet I find that in some ways um, it's it's useful um, because it it simply magnifies how important it is for us to be aware of the impact um, of what we say and do. Uh, on the global um, community. So, you know, we're no longer operating in our little, uh, you know, silo that it, that seems separate from the rest of the world. But today, it is quite magnified, um, our connection um, to others and the power of our thoughts and our deeds, especially for those who are in visible leadership positions. So true, so true. And when you um, is, you use the word integrity as part of your mnemonic, but you also referred to uh, a couple of other eyes in there that I think are also so important, imagination and ideas. Um, tell us a little more about that. Right. So, you know, imagination, uh, I think a, a great dream, a great vision first starts with imagination. You imagine the end result, and then you start to work at it. And Einstein once said, he said, imagination is more important than knowledge. He said, knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. Um, He also once said, he said, knowledge will take you from A to B. Imagination will take you anywhere. uh You know, how beautiful. And then idea is one of my most favorite people has been Eleanor Roosevelt. What an inspiring lady. And she once said, small 
people talk about uh, other other people, right? Yeah, small people talk about other people. Uh, the small minds talk about uh, people. Average minds talk about events. Great minds talk about ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you is know, a really, that, <laughs> really that, good, <laughs> it's a really good formula for conscious speech. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> really, yeah. Really good. Yeah, and you um and you mentioned in the previous segment about how important it is for a leader to um pack others parachutes and to be uh, express their gratitude for those who had um packed theirs. And we haven't talked about what that saying means. So before we conclude this morning, um tell us how you how you came to that um saying and and its importance. Yeah, so for, for me, for me, it is a metaphor for nurturing and mentoring. Now, every one of us who's achieved anything worthwhile or great in life or good in life, uh, if we reflect on it, somebody packed our parachute. It, it could have been a parent, an aunt, a kind teacher, a neighbor, a sibling. And I think great leaders need to recognize that and acknowledge that. But then there's a duty and a responsibility beyond that. It's it's our role. It's everyone's role as a leader, as a spiritual teacher, um, any walk of life where you have any kind of responsibility and authority to then pack other people's parachutes, mm-hmm. to take the time to nurture people, to always have your office open so people can walk in and say, I, I'm, I'm struggling with a challenge. Can you help me? And I think it's human nature for us to want to help. So packing other people's parachutes is nurturing, mentoring. It's actually a long story, and it relates with Captain Charlie Plum's uh, prisoner of war experience in Vietnam. And if we had time, I would tell mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But uh, to me, it's a metaphor for nurturing and mentoring. And it is a beautiful, men- it's beautiful metaphor. And I'm I'm thinking about how. Um, you know, it reflects on that the quality of relationship that we have in our lives is what makes all the difference. You know, no one ever um, became a great leader by stepping on others or by ignoring others. <laughs> um, it There is that uh, ability um, as we started off with the program this morning to listen and to connect and to um, value um, the connection that we have um, heart to heart and soul to soul and uh, we're going to finish in, in just a moment here and um, so I want to leave the last word to you um, Sanjeev in terms of any advice or encouragement you would offer others concerning uh, leadership yeah, I, you know, what comes to mind is Thoreau, who once said, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Mm-hmm. Live the life you have imagined. And Soren Kierkegaard wrote in 1843 uh, in a book, Either Or, and he said, if I were to wish for anything, I should not wish for wealth and power, but for the passionate sense of what can be. For the eye, whichever young and ardent, sees the possible. Pleasure disappoints. Possibility, never. Mm -hmm. And what wine is so sparkling 
what's so fragrant, what's so intoxicating as possibility. So I could conclude by saying it is always possible to lead. All of you can lead. There's nothing ordained in someone's DNA that says you're a leader or you're clueless and you can't lead. And you can lead at many different levels in your synagogue, in your church, in your temple, in your spiritual center, in your civic community, in your Boys and Scouts Club. There's so many different ways to lead. Young people can lead. They are the future leaders. Uh And you can lead every single day. You can have an affirmation every night when you go to bed and say, tomorrow I will lead. I will Mm -hmm. lead with humility. Mm. And and it will happen. Right. It it will happen. And it's been such a joy to share this uh, yoga hour with you. Thank you so much, Sanjeev. It it has been um, a real pleasure. And I want to remind our listeners that you can find out more about his work at sanjeevchopra.com. Next week, we'll continue the series on leadership. Keep growing three essential practices for effective leadership. To find out about upcoming programs at Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, visit csecenter.org. We have Live the Eternal Way, spiritual practice class available online um, coming right up. If you live near CSE headquarters in San Jose, you're invited to drop in for tea and discussion of the Yoga Hour on Thursday mornings. Visit csecenter.org for more information. Remember to let your inner light shine into the world and to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Thank you again, Sanjeev. Thank you. My pleasure. My honor. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. 
anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 